Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special on-location edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here, and we're going to be recording this one around the rescheduled NPL Queensland fixture between Lions FC and Brisbane Strikers. Now, we were originally planning on recording this at Perry Park, and then at about 11am this morning, this game got moved to Lions, thanks to the uh, deluge of rain we had over the weekend. So, Adam, have you dried out? Uh, nearly. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a crazy old sort of uh, week, but I think we were lucky on Saturday night. We just avoided the rain. Scott, how was your Saturday yes, night? Yes, we avoided it. We dr- driving back through it was interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> isn't this the first place we had an on-location special? It is, wasn't it? A raw pre-season I'm game sure back it in is. there. I think it might have been, yeah. actually. We've it had is. a few other ones as well, but this is, I suppose, back to where it all began. So we're on location on the media deck about an hour before kickoff here, and... It's a very, very pretty sight with the sun going down and the moon over th- in the background. It took over pretty well too after all the traffic it's had with the, the W League games and the, the national team's training on it and all the rest of it. It looks pretty good. So It's been very, very well watered, as yes, anyone in has. Brisbane can attest to over the last little while. But we'll get on to this game a little bit later. We're going to lead off with our usual segment one and talk about the Brisbane Raw in the A-League, which... Yep, it was another loss to Melbourne victory, but the good news is it was closer than the other two games, where it was 2-1 to the victory down at Etihad, St- no, not Etihad, Marvel <laughs> Stadium <laughs> down in Melbourne, and well, I suppose it was kind of fitting they played at Marvel Stadium. I went and saw Captain America last night. <laughs> well, I think if you're looking for uh, positive raw facts, at least they won the second half 1-0, but um, <laughs> yeah, look, well, I, I don't believe they showed the goal, did they? No. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, look, I think it was a... Um, it was an honourable defeat, given you know the the golf sort of you know inform between the two sides. But um, look, at the end of the day, I think victory were comfortable. I think they would actually probably be a little bit more disappointed with yeah. the performance than Raw would have been. Yeah. Especially if you might have tipped the victory to win minus one goal. Yes, gamble irresponsibly. Isn't that your line? <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, the Raw did put in a lot of effort in the game. You can't fault the effort. They were they were certainly trying in the game. They did work their way back into the game to a certain extent with a couple of interesting chances. I mean, Enrique had a great chance in the last couple of minutes. I mean, that a couple of years ago, he probably does get on the end of that and, and put it in the bottom corner to equalise. So, yeah, the effort was there, just unfortunately not the execution. Yeah, it was a case of, I suppose, a side that has been largely decimated by injuries and probably was a little bit outclassed even when yeah. they were at full strength. Taking on a side that maybe was a little bit fatigued but still had the you know, far and away the quality to take care of business. Yeah, look, I think it's that would be a factor for victory. They flew in, they flew home after a disappointing sort of effort in the Champions League midweek in Japan. So you could have expected that they might have been a bit sort of uh, dour in their performance. But um, look, the uh, Costa Barbarossa's, you know, again, the seven goals this season against the Raw, you know, across the three three games in the league. So he he had seems to be an absolute field day when he sees the orange. Yeah, well, I honestly think Costa Barbarossa's Costa Barbarus is in this form is probably too good to be playing in the A League, but that's just me. He's a fantastic player. He's up and flying. Isn't he? Seven goals yeah. in two games against Aurora this season, and yeah. I'm sure Darren Davies will be glad to be seeing the back of him. And let's get his thoughts on the game right now. Yeah, I thought we were in with a sniff. I thought that um, we came down here, we set up defensively um, in a slightly different way, and I thought it worked. Um, 
yes, they had uh, some possession in front of us, but um, bitterly disappointed to be 2-0 down at half-time. Thought that uh, we contributed, obviously, to the two goals, and we were really disappointed with that. But even during that first half, you know, we had we had moments in the game where we caused them problems. Um, when we got the ball into the middle of midfield and we switched play and we kept the ball, I thought we I thought we were we were good. Spoke about that half-time. Thought we came out and we had, we had, what's the saying? We had died wondering. We've we've. We've thrown everything that we that we can. We've made positive subs. We scored a good goal. Yes, they've opened us once or uh, once or twice in the second half. Um, you know they're good players, and you know they 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 had chances. So I, of course I acknowledge that. Um, but then we have a we have a header off Dylan. Was it handball or not? Was it? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Um, no, nah, it comes off neither my. I haven't seen it again, to be honest. With you. I appeal for it, but I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know if it come off his hand. Uh, and then Ricky goes. Uh, Ricky goes through, you know, in the ninety odd minute, and um, he's one on one with uh, with the keeper. So disappointed, yes. And that was Brisbane Royal manager Darren Davies there after the two one defeat down at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, and uh, it was a bit of a disappointing weekend for the Roar, and it kind of. Uh, summed up the season where they're now they're now mathematically eliminated from playing finals football, and I think those types well they went from almost non-existent to completely non-existent. It, it's official, is it? They're not making the finals. Yes, I think I the even... sixth place team is on thirty-one points and the Roar are on yeah. fifteen. I've long since stopped looking at the table, so I didn't even realise that they were now officially eliminated. But yeah, you're right. It's been pretty much thought that to be the case for a while, and they've actually spent the last few weeks quite effectively giving young players an opportunity. We saw another couple of debuts. Which I think is good. You just everyone's getting an opportunity to see what they can do. Yeah, well, one player that got a bit of an unexpected opportunity actually was Brendan White. As it turns out, uh, Jamie Young was a late withdrawal from the squad. We haven't heard any firm information about it. Could have been, you know, injury, food poisoning, illness, whatever. You know, maybe he's. Uh, well, he's probably not in the Josh Berlante, not right frame of mind situation. <laughs> no, it's not quite that bad, no. is it? No, yeah, well, I, we hope not. No, but uh, I think. Yeah, he was late withdrawal, so Brendan White came in and gave up two goals, but I thought overall actually had a pretty good game. Well, there could have been five or six with the chances Victory had, so yeah, he made some very good saves in this game. And again, he's another one who's at a contract end of the season, putting his best case forward. We'll see what happens, but he's certainly doing a decent job. Yeah, look, I think it's a case of now, like with, with the Raw Fisher eliminator, I think it's a case that players are playing for their, their contracts. Those are out of contract, you know, either looking for a, to re-sign or, you know, perhaps looking for, you know, a contract yeah. elsewhere. Um, like I said, Western United are, are out there signing players left, right and centre at the moment. So some, some official, some unofficial. And uh, look, there's every chance a, a number of these players are off contract would be looking to the new expansion side to continue their, their professional careers in the A-League. It's certainly possible. I was going back to the debuts for a minute. I thought Eli Babal, I think he copped a bit of criticism. I think it's a bit unfair. I mean, there was that great ball through from Lopez early in the first half, which if he's in a bit, if he's probably um a bit more up to speed physically with his like, match conditioning, he probably does get on the end of that and get a chance on goal. So I thought that was... I thought he at least showed some signs that there's something there to work with over the last five games, so that's a, which is all you can ask for at this point because he hasn't played football for a very long time. So... The first up appearance, playing an hour, having a couple of half chances, it's not too bad. If only, you know, uh, signing a player in real life was like it was on FIFA, where <laughs> the players didn't need time to acclimate to their surroundings yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, look, it was a it was a debut. It wasn't great, yeah. it wasn't bad, it was just 
He, yeah. he looked like a player coming into a team that maybe was lacking confidence anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, yeah, it's, uh, that's sort of the case. But uh, one player that sort of has been sort of struggling like, that did something good was Thomas Christensen. He was the one who got the intercept early in the second half, dinked it off to Eric Botiak and... Yeah, he was actually quietly, you know, putting together a case to be the best player of the second half. Well, of the yeah, second half yeah. of the season for yeah. Brisbane Rule. Yeah. I don't know, that's yeah. just... That, I'm just putting it out there. That's all <laughs> I can I'd really do. I'd still go with Dylan with all the goals, personally. Yeah, I know, but yeah. it will, I'm not saying he'd win it, but I'm saying yeah. he's putting together a case. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's been involved in a lot of those games where Dylan has uh, yep. stood up as well. The other debut that I would uh, like to mention as well would be Zach Duncan. Now, this was kind of outed on uh, Eric Bortiak's Instagram as well, so yeah, I'd, love to, uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to check with yeah. the uh, Brisbane Raw Media Public Relations Department and <laughs> just ask if they're yeah. going to oh. put a ban on Bortiak's Instagram in the 36 hours leading up I to games from here on out. I think needs to be um, maybe given the lesson of don't post stuff on Instagram stories tagging other players in it because that's also where Maxim Frank popped up as well which made you think why is he down in Melbourne? Is there a goalkeeping issue which of course it turned out to be with Jamie Young so maybe that maybe they should tone down the Instagram stories but from our perspective keep doing it. It's great. Yeah, it's great for us. It gives us something to talk about yeah. the day before the game and truthfully you know I keep thinking about the stories you hear from the NFL where you get players fined like $2,000 for posting on Instagram from inside the team facility and stuff. Yeah. And you're thinking, if that wouldn't happen, then what would Jack Hingard ever be able to post? Oh, <laughs> oh they have deep pockets. Yes. No, I, I actually do genuinely like getting that insight, yeah, like insight into what's going it, on, it, seeing it, the team lunches. It has a it has a purpose, but I think sometimes when stuff like this comes out, I'm sure it disappoints the, you know, the, the sort of the media team that, you know, that... No, news. So, look, yeah, from a fan's point of view, it's, it's good engagement, but, yeah, some things go probably not as they plan. Anyway, the Raw are off next weekend. Uh, it's a weekend off for the international break coming up. So the international weekend when there's no internationals being played. How fun. Not, not, no, he, no not here anyway. Internationals. Yeah. How there, fun. There are internationals over in Europe. Euro, Euro 2020 qualifiers kick off yes. this weekend. So. Yeah. So, uh, no one from the Raw has made a Euro 2020 qualifying squad, so we haven't even got that to talk about. <laughs> What we do actually have... Oh, the are playing us. We'll talk about that next week with D'Agostino playing. So. Yes. Yep. And uh, it probably is also worth mentioning. Uh, when it, Remember when everyone was complaining about uh, having all this fixture congestion in January? This was so you could get your international break. So don't complain about having an yeah. international break now. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to take a break and come back with our NPL recap. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back in the on-location Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here at Lions Stadium at Richlands for... I, th- I forget how many times we've done an on-location record here, but this is, of course, the first venue where we did a on-location thing. So, I think we've yeah. parts of a couple of different shows here. Yeah. Yes. After FA Cup games and all the rest of it, so... Nonetheless, it's always good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to go get some dinner soon, I think. I already have. It's very nice. Yeah, so we're closing <laughs> in on kickoff here at Lion Stadium. And if you are streaming this game on the Football Queensland website, don't worry, you'll be spared from my commentary. <laughs> However, the reason we're actually on location tonight is because um, there were some rained out NPL games on the weekend, but not every game was rained out. You two made the yeah. trip down to... Croatian Sports Centre, yes. uh, just across from Metricon, down on the Gold Coast, and we're treated to the first NPL Queensland Gold Coast derby. Look, it's a fantastic occasion down there. Um, they, the estimated uh, attendance was about just over 2,000. So, And look, it was a good night, good atmosphere, and whatnot, a better game. Yeah, and 
it was really good because the Gold Coast community really did get behind it. You could see that. I think they reshaped a lot of the local Premier League games, which kicked off last weekend down there. They kind of moved those games around so people could get to the Creation Sports Centre for this Gold Coast derby. And you're right, it was a decent crowd there, and it was a good atmosphere. And it was good to see. You also saw a lot of the old Gold Coast United A League merchandise out and about. So they are. I don't know if they get to every game down there. Those Gold Coast United fans from the A League, but. They are, they are, they are there on Saturday night, which is a good thing. Just it was a great, great atmosphere. A crowd of just over 2,000, that probably was yeah. everybody who went to a Gold Coast United <laughs> game. <laughs> but yes, also everyone who picked up some of that uh, Gold Coast United gear. Uh, yeah, would, yeah I, I was tuned into the live stream with Rafe Griffin, obviously, and that was, uh, that was a real, that looked like a lot of fun to be at. And thankfully, the uh, radar that I was tracking held off. During the game, although a deluge probably would have been fun for the final five or so minutes. Maybe not, not for you two. It would have been a scurry to get down the scaffolding and the media thing. It would be very interesting. However, we'll get into the game in a little bit, but beforehand, before kickoff, there are a couple of uh, signings which added a little bit of fire to that derby as well. There was a couple of signings. Now, as we'd sort of speculated, Shannon Brady from the Brisbane Raw had uh, made his way down to uh, Gold, Coast, uh, Gold Coast Knights, and that was announced on Friday, but... The signing that kind of took a lot of the headlines was, of course, Mitch Nichols, who yeah. is apparently out of A-League clubs. He is. Apparently he's been training for the Gold Coast Knights for a few weeks now, so they've been getting him up to speed ready to go. I'm not sure if they held him back specifically thinking we can use the fact that it's a Gold Coast derby, it'll be a big crowd anyway, and then we can get extra attention and publicity with him playing there in this game as his debut. It might have, if, that, if that was the plan, it worked. If it wasn't the plan, it was a nice coincidence for him. But he, he had an impact as well. I mean, he had a great assist for the goal. For the night, so he's already having an impact, and when he gets up to match speed, he will be a real impact player in this league. There we go. Some of the ground lights have just come on now as we're uh, <laughs> distracted by bright, shiny things here. <laughs> what we've also, what, what I was also trying to think though, Nichols was a Palm Beach Sharks junior, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. So using that as kind of a roundabout way, you've got Palm Beach Sharks merged to, uh, to be Gold Coast City, correct? Uh, yes. And a lot of the Gold Coast City players are now playing for Gold Coast Knights. Yeah. So really, it's like a homecoming for Mitch Nichols in a very strange roundabout way. It is, and it's also the start of a long and expensive tour touring the MPL clubs, just like he did in the A-League. Okay, now we're going to interrupt this uh, very briefly. Just uh, We've got some breaking news as well. Uh, just got a message coming through from Drew, Drew Sherman, former Academy Director of the Brisbane Roar. Uh, he's now uh, taken a role with Melbourne Victory as the GM of Technical, which in essence is similar to a Director of Football. So... Yeah. Bit of breaking news, no, which you'll probably yeah. have already be well aware of by the time you actually listen to this show. But that's yeah. a, we, like, we always like to keep up to date. So, congrat we, yeah. well, I suppose congratulations to Drew. But yeah. three times a year, we hope that that doesn't yeah. go too well for him. No, look, congratulations to him. Look, he, you know, as I said, it's he put put the uh, Raw Youth Youth Academy, you know, into play. He got to the success level. Got a youth a youth league title out of it. You know, and we wish him all yeah. the best. You know, yeah. he obviously is good at what he does, and you know. For for most part, we hope he continues on. Yeah, we absolutely wish him the best. I mean, he did a great job here setting up the academy, and he's following in the well-trodden path going down to the Melbourne clubs when you have success here in Brisbane. <laughs> there we go. All right, now uh, back to the NPL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about uh, Shan- uh, Shannon Brady as well. Yes. Now um, I know at least he's going to bring a couple of new fans to Gold Coast <laughs> uh, nights. Won't yeah. He? Um, he wasn't there. <laughs> the, the president of the fan club wasn't there, I don't believe, on Saturday night. But yeah, look, um, he he also made a bit of an impact yeah. um, as well. And look, I think both both Brady and Nichols are really going to add, you know, that 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 last piece of the puzzle that I reckon that makes the Knights a genuine contender to win MPL Queensland this season. 
there we go. Well, oh, there's a lot more to look forward to as well, but I just want to get the thoughts from uh, Gray Piddick on the signings of Brady and Nichols. Additions to your squad this week, Mitch Nichols, Shane Brady. How do you see them fitting in? Do you think they could be the solution to the goal-scoring problems for you? Oh look, yeah, they'll definitely add some firepower. You know, both their first game tonight. Um, you know, you know, Shannon's played a bit in the in the youth league, but then you know hadn't played in the last few weeks, so he'll get better with you know regular training and and playing and gelling with the boys. Um, he showed you know what he can do in that you know final twenty minutes. It was, it was dangerous, and we nearly scored. You know, from one of his runs down down the line and crossed. You know, within a few seconds of his of him coming on. So. So yeah, he'll definitely add to the to the squad and, and you know that competition for spots and, and we know Mitch is obviously a quality player as well. Um, you know, again, he hasn't played for what five five months, four or five months. So he's only going to get better, um, and you still saw his quality tonight. So they're definitely welcome additions. Um, so you know, we'll keep kicking on and, and we'll keep working. We we know you know we're a team that likes to play football, and, and when we do that, you know, we create plenty of opportunities. So. Can't complain too much about that. It's just about putting them in the net. All right, so that's what they thought about the signings of those two players. But now we should probably talk about the actual game. We've had a bit of a jittery segment too so far as we've got uh, breaking news coming coming out. It always throws us a game of breaking news stuff. So yes, and unfortunately we can't even get caller reaction because, like uh, Nightline on Springfield, this is not a call-in show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not Kent Brockman. Oh. Yes. Okay. So uh, the game itself, it actually played out like. It, from what I saw, it actually played out like a derby did. It was very tight. It was very, a little bit fiery at times as well. And hopefully, it's the start of what is going to be a very entertaining rivalry. Look, I think it has the makings of of you know, being a very entertaining rivalry. And, and you know, look, I can't wait to see what happens in the return league. You know, in uh, a couple months' time down at Coplick. Uh, but as far as the game game goes, look. Uh, the Gold Coast Knights really did control the game so from the outset, and the goals scored by Connor Smith was really against the right play. Yeah. It was, and it was a fantastic game, generally speaking, between the two sides. I think I do think the Knights probably shaded it with the chances they had, and they probably should have gone on to win the game, in truth, with some of the chances yeah. they had. I think Nick Panetta had, Ooh, a, yeah. had a chance from about two yards out, which he put over the bar, and they had some other really good chances as well. And When they did get the equaliser on about the hour mark, it really was one-way traffic from there, but... Fair play to the Gold Coast United because they put in, they worked really hard and they deserve their lead. But it's going to be a really good rivalry as that gets better and as Gold Coast United become more established as a team because they're really young as a squad. They haven't gone out of their way to really sign a lot of big names, so they're building a team which will take a lot longer than Gold Coast Knights, which is an established team. Well, they did sign Michael Thwaite. They did, but <laughs> the Gold Coast Knights are basically the old Gold Coast City team. They've been together for a long time. They know each other. They're well established. Gold Coast United are still finding their way in certain ways. Yeah, look, just speaking of Michael Thwaite, he was, you know, you know, he was very good at the back. You know, but what do you expect from yeah. from him? So, you know, so overall, look, it was, it was a good call. And look, to be honest, I think in, in the balance, maybe one all was probably the, the fair result. But in saying that, Knights, if they had taken the chances, probably should have run away with as well. There we go. All right, well, uh, let's hear what uh, Christian Rees had to say on building his team. I don't know if it's as much about uh, closing the gap. It's probably more about what we're trying to do and what they're doing, and they're going about it by trying to spend a lot of money and buy all the players, and we're trying to build a culture and develop young players. So um, I think we can still get, we can still achieve results by doing it our way, um, and they want to do it their way, and that's fair to them. And if they want to buy it, then they can do that. But 
we've got a culture and a, and a team with character and we'll fight till the last minute. And that was Gold Coast uh, United coach Christian Rees there. I made sure I got that right because <laughs> I get the feeling I may have all of the Gold Coast angry at me and I don't want that to happen. Because Former I... Gold Coast Knights defender as well though, so... Yes. And so assistant coach. And scourge of the Brisbane Roar in the M1 derby Ooh, at yeah. one point. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up because... <laughs> yeah, I, did, I did that in our preview show, so we're all good yeah. there. Anyway, um, yeah, well, I think... What they're, they're both building some really good things there, and as you said, it seems like they rearranged a lot of the local competitions yeah. as well. And that's actually like yeah. that's one thing I'm really happy to see from a lot of these local yeah. organisations now. A bit more flexibility with the schedule scheduling as well, because yeah. you remember with the Socceroos France in the World Cup back in June, they made sure all the games were over and done with in time so that everyone could watch the game at 8 p.m. Yeah, they made a big conscious effort for that, and Gold Coast football is a credit for that as well. But to your point about the teams, I don't think either way. Other team is wrong, by the way, in their approach. If Gold Coast Knights have got the financial ability to go out and recruit top players to build a team that can compete at the top end of the competition, that's more power to them. There's plenty of other teams in this competition who've gone that path. And if conversely, if Gold Coast United want to go younger players building a team that way, we've seen teams do that as well. Both can work and both are highly effective. So you know what the best way to build a team is? A winning way. Yeah. Like I think we yeah. we all follow enough football to know there's no one you know perfect style yeah. of play. There's one no one perfect style yeah. of development. You yeah. need to be flexible and work yeah. with what you're given. And yeah. it seems like both of those two yeah. have opted certainly for not in this competition because the last two winners, Lions last year took the Gold Coast Knights approach if you like, and the year before Western Pride it's the more Gold Coast United model. So both yeah. are highly effective. Yeah, and looking at and, the, and bottom line is that both that both um, Gold Coast clubs have different philosophies on how they're going to build their squad. You know, in the short term and long term, and that equates to mean it's going to be a fierce rivalry it's going to be a competitive rivalry and I think that's what we want to see as, as a neutral absolutely alright now some of the other results from the games that did go ahead uh, you got Penn Power 5 Olympic FC 1 I just want to mention like the 2-1 win over Lions in round 1 big yeah. this one statement this is re- Keep, not only yeah. winning but keeping Olympic who have been scoring for fun to one goal that was just Unbelievable. This was a statement in all sorts of ways. Peninsula Power saying, hey, look, we're not just a finals team. We are a genuine title contender with this sort of form. Given the teams that they've beaten, now they've beaten Gold Coast Knights, they've beaten Lions, and now they've beaten Olympic. The three teams who you thought they would be at the top of the table, Peninsula beaten all three of them and two of them on the road. So it's a fantastic result. For Olympic, it's interesting because they have had a, a soft start to the year, if you like, and this is their first really big test. And to concede five, it might be a bit of a wake-up call for them at Goodwin Park. But also as well, Peninsula Power, and I'll, I want to mention this because um, Pen Power's media manager, Sam Crew, reminded me of this. is 40 games unbeaten in the league. Mm. That is astonishing. Yes. And this, and, and to be quite honest, I don't know where that's going to end I, I, because their next five runs are games that they, they should be expected to win. This run could go on for a very, very long time, and they, they are in really good form, and it's their title lose at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think that... There's a, a long way to go, obviously. Injuries, transfers, all of that still to play out. Yep. Uh, some of the other results quickly. Eastern Suburbs 3, Brisbane City 2. Magpies Crusaders 5, Sunshine Coast 1. Western Pride 1, Redlands nil. So, yeah. oddly low-scoring yeah. game involving Redlands. This one's interesting because, again, Brisbane City are a team who we thought would contend this year for at least to compete for a final spot. They've dropped more points at home. And a last-minute winner. I mean, you have to wonder if there's a bit of pressure building there at um, Spencer Park. Two games were rained out over the weekend. Uh, the one we're at right now, which is Brisbane Strikers against Lions FC, which is now at Lions, so I'm assuming that home fixture will be swapped for yep. later in the season. Yep. And also uh, Brisbane Royal Youth against Morton Bay. Now that's kicking off about half an hour after. That's kicking off about half an hour after um, the game here tonight mm-hmm. kicks off, and both are available on Football Queensland. So 
when you're listening to us on delay and you're finished with all of that, you can go out and uh, watch those games on the Football Queensland YouTube channel because that is a fantastic resource. All games are on there and you might even hear one of us commentating on some games soon. It won't be me. It won't be me. So it'll be the favourite. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be Origin yeah. Arifatu, the rookie. Yeah, <laughs> very, very much so. All right, um, some uh, Round 8 fixtures coming up next week. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save the Round 8 fixtures for Segment 4 because yep. in place of a re- weekend Brisbane Raw preview, as we've just got the uh, Lions ground announcer joining us out here now. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so, yeah, we'll save the Round 8 fixtures for Segment 4 when we recap this game. Uh, NPL women's uh, rest of the games were postponed except for Morton Bay 9, Logan Lightning 2. So Logan Which was, was probably played last night. I'll oh, choose Monday Tuesday night. night. Yep. Monday Tuesday. night. Yep. Just quickly on that, Morton Bay, oh, geez, they've got a good size symbol. That they do. Uh, FQPL results went ahead. Uh, Mitchelton 3, Logan 1, Wolves and Ipswich Knights 1 all, Rochelle 3 and Holland Park 2. Sunshine Coast Wanderers and South United were postponed, as was Southside Eagles against Capalabar. We're going to take a break and come back with the new segment after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And segment three of the Brisbane Football Review here on locations at Lions FC at Richlands. It's James Scott and Adam here and what is thankfully a dry night after the weekend that we've had. Uh, segment three, we're going to get into our news now and we're going to lead off uh, talking about the breaking news that came out when we were recording segment two and that is Drew Sherman has gone to Melbourne Victory in what he describes as essentially a football director role. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's obviously a bit of a promotion for him. Obviously, he had the uh, Raw Academy here to go into that more grounded role. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, look, I think, you know, well done to him and you know, hopefully the best for him. Except when they're playing the Raw, of course. Hmm. All right. Um, one thing that's going to uh, obviously have to change, though, is uh, the Raw youth coaching setup. And one thing that might impact that as well will be the appointment of an A-League coach. Now, we've had a couple of uh, developments come out in the past... I'd say 48 or so hours. Uh, the one that this afternoon was that Marco Kurtz, who has been linked with the job in the News Corp press, is that uh, he's now not going to be re-signed by Adelaide. So that really uh, puts him to the top of the coaching pile, doesn't he, Adam? Well, it seems as though, if you, if you believe the media, that it comes down to really there's two candidates. It's either going to be Marco Kurz, who sort of, other than you know, in the media, there hasn't really been a... No, a formal sort of approach or anything, or Robbie Fell, who reportedly interviewed very well um, you know, in the interviews. Yeah, I think the shortlist is probably the list that we saw last week that came out um, with the Robbie Fowler story. It was also um, Carl Robinson, I believe, Mark Warburton, and the Utrecht coach who was recently dismissed. I think that's probably your shortlist right there. Yeah, well, when we went through those names last week, but it seems like... Yeah, those are the two names that have come out. Carly Adno had the story um, in her weekend recap, in a weekend recap column. Yep. Uh, although, as you pointed out in our little uh, offline chat, Scott, yep. that actually um, you'd think that if that was going to be more confirmed, there would have been some sort of solid yep. quotes or confirmed I statement. I don't think you'd bury it in the middle of a weekend recap, weekend recap blog about results and all the rest of the stuff that's happened in the last week. So I think it would have been a bit more prominently covered if it was. A more likely story. It's a bit seems a bit like it's a rehashing of some stories that were seen around the place. Could also mention the Marco Kerr's link, which they said is not going to happen. So, and thinking about it as well, some of the phrasing was, you know, following on from what um, Marco Monteverde reported at the Courier Mail as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Look. Um, look at the end of the day. It's just there yeah, until 
until you know there's more formal thing and obviously there's been approaches to the club you know I know uh, Royal Sports Federation did ask the question and about the um, about the coaching which uh, David Puray sort of played with a straight bat as you expect him he would um, other than that, until we until it's a formal acknowledgement, we just really don't know. It's all speculation. Yeah, yeah which, you know, is yeah. great for us because it yeah. means, you know, we can get a good 20 yeah. minutes, half an hour of just speculating, going, you know what? Maybe Arsene Wenger should be in the mix. Speaking of speculation, we might as well talk about Marco Kurz as a candidate because he would seem to tick all the boxes. Why what Adelaide has said today, I mean, they said he's um, not focused on the results and not developing youth. Well, look at some of the players he's brought through in that Adelaide side in the last couple of seasons. Even... Even this year, he's played a lot of young players from South Australia, so I don't know how they're coming from with that. That line was absolutely hilarious. We've got it a coach was. that is too focused on results. Too, yeah. I, I, isn't that the whole point of football, to win? Oh, well, apparently not in Adelaide at the moment. Yeah, that's a strange one for me. It I, is. Uh, so we, we bark, we're barking on saying, you know... We're barking on saying that, you know what, it's a results-driven business yeah. and that's what we thought because that's what the yeah. fans, at least in this in this part of the world, want. They want results yeah. first. His, but his results are good as well. I mean, yeah. he's been in the, they'll make the finals two make years finals. in a row. They've made two FA Cup finals winning one. That's a sort of, like, continuality of results, which will be fine. And if you look at it, I'm pretty sure his main marquee striker, um, Baba Diawara, was signed before he even got the job. And he hasn't been able to basically have him for two seasons because he's never fit. Yeah, so exa- he's doing this without a main number nine Recruits, so and also, and they're also very skinflint on um, on defenders at the moment yeah. because the injuries and all that. And there's something that has, was come out in the press that he wanted to sign mm-hmm. another central defender, and the club said no. Yeah. So, what is he meant to do? Mm-hmm. So, I look personally, I think there's more there's more to this mm-hmm. than just the statements made by uh, Peter Vanderpol yeah. or in that statement. And you know, Adelaide's it, a weird club. It's not the first time no. a coach has left in odd circumstances. And also, so. as well, you take into account also that you know the technical directors in in Aurelia Bidmar left previously to that. So. Something, something's going on in the background. We, we're too far away to know what's going on, but it does, you know, one plus one doesn't equal two in this case. Yeah. It's good to know that Brisbane isn't the only club with coaching drama, so that's all I'm yes. going to leave it at. Um, now on to what I think is the funniest story to come out this whole week. Uh, stadiums. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, so uh, apparently the FFA have given up on the government funding a boutique 20-odd thousand-seat stadium here in Brisbane. And they're have not gone, an oval sport. They're not going to get funding. Yeah, and have instead decided to go, all right, do we know a? Do we know anyone with a spare 150, 200 million that could build a stadium? It is interesting. The first thing I thought, well, I thought back, remember those hilarious videos that came out just after the ownership took over? Within 10 years, we want to build a stadium? No, I've... I'll have to show I, you I actually those. genuinely don't remember those. I'll have to show you it. But yeah. anyway, it took me back to that and... It's, We've had this yeah, conversation a million probably times. Is the only way you're going to get it is to have a, a um, someone outside of the government to come in and fund it because they have their own policy on what they think is relevant in terms of stadiums and all the rest of it, and I don't think they're going to change that. And, but it's interesting. Over the weekend, they did put some funding into the Redcliffe Stadium up there, Dolphin Stadium, three three million into that to make that a fully seated ten thousand stadium, which it's already a fantastic venue. You get some seats probably at that northern end. That's going to be a fantastic venue. And a way to see out of the media box as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that does become a, ve- a venue that a lot of teams actually look at. Not just the Raw. I wouldn't be surprised if some other teams consider taking the odd game or two there. Well, look, in the interest of consistency, I've said yeah. all along, you know, I am a big uh, advocate yeah. of the idea of, you know, whether it's the Raw or if there's a second A-League team in Brisbane coming up soon, you know, forget the Code Wars rubbish. Pair up with, N- like, an NRL team. Pair up with... 
or pair up with you know yeah. the Reds or something and yeah. do up Ballymore or find yeah. a suitable venue. Scott, you've, yeah. you're praying. No, I just on the way driving here to Lions, I was listening to the radio and they're talking about the NRLs considering a second a second team in Brisbane in the next 12 months. And there's your there's your in right there because if say for example there's a second A League team, a second rugby league team, well they already said when they with that stadium, but Suncorp can only host one more anchor tenant. Well, there's two. There's two, and if they're both in Brisbane, maybe you will need a secondary venue for those two teams, and that might be the way you can can actually get a, a boutique stadium up and running yes, with the I, help of rugby league, which is obviously a much bigger sport in Queensland. I also think politically as well. Like I'm assuming that FFA um, Mark Falvo, Mark Falvo, he, he's had conversations with the Queensland government. I just wonder if there's a political edge to this. You know, given given the adverse reaction that New South Wales government has received recently for knocking down Allianz Stadium, which I think, yeah, depending on which way you look at, you know, whether it or not, that's that's way too know, far away to judge that. Really. Yeah, that's that's immaterial. But but I think as well, you know, even being you know sort of election being a year or two away here in Queensland, I don't know if there, again, I don't think there's an appetite for this Queensland government to you know to put a lot of money into a statement like that and and you know, and risk you know, backlash saying oh we need more hospitals we need more schools and all that. So I think you know that may have be also been sort of the indication that you know basically a boutique stadium is not in the in the long term plans. Also, as well, reinforcing that Queensland Stadium's uh, task force report. Yeah. I'm, yeah, you never know. Anyway, yeah. So then, we, what we've also then what we've also got uh, last story I wanted to touch on as well. Uh, Nick D'Agostino starts for the Ollie Roos in a friendly one-one draw with Malaysia. A goal from Brandon Wilson. Yes, it's just kicking off, getting ready for the AFC Under Twenty, the first round of qualifiers for that, which is obviously the first step through to Tokyo Twenty Twenty. It's a big year for them. I think they've qualified what since two thousand and eight or something. Yeah, it's been, so, a, been a long time. And really, when you look at youth development here, these guys need to actually get the confidence of playing major tournament football. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy asking for that much. Um, and also, the one other thing that I did actually just miss, FFA Cup Round 3 ties are set to take place across southeast Queensland this week. Uh, tonight, there were two games. Uh, AC Karina versus Ipswich City and Parkridge versus yeah. Clairvaux. Adam? Um, I, I saw you looking at the scores before. I'm so actually, can, so it's six nil last hurt uh, to Clairvaux. Eight, I can tell you actually. Sorry, update yep. that. It's eight nil. Oh, eight nil now to Clairvaux full time. Yep. And Ipswich City and Karina are three all, and that yes. is about to go to extra time unless something miraculous happens. All right, that that will be awesome. Some interesting results up north as well. The Mariba Bulls, a team who have a lot of the former Kansas FC players in their lineup, um, they lost at the weekend in their first FFA Cup qualifier. Yeah. So, all right. Um. Then tomorrow night, Wednesday, you have got North Star versus Slacks Creek, and then Albany Creek versus Jimboomba United. Thursday, Logan Metro versus Mount Gravatt. Friday, Acacia Ridge versus Coomera. Saturday, way too many ties for me to read out on the pitch. Uh, read out on the show. I mean, yeah. uh, Sunday, a lot of ties as well. Tuesday the 26th, Annalee versus UQ, yeah. and then you've also got North Queensland zone qualifiers. I will also say the more most interesting ties in the Southland region are the weekend ties because that's the interzone ties. A lot of the midweek games are football Brisbane versus football Brisbane. The ones that are Gold Coast versus Toowoomba, Sunshine Coast versus Brisbane, those sorts of ties, they're at the weekend. That's where you'll really start to get a gauge of which which region is genuinely the strongest in terms of the Capital League, Brisbane Premier League teams compared to the Gold Coast Premier League and the like. That's where you'll get a good gauge. That's it. All right. Now, uh, yeah, keep track of all those results, which I'm sure we'll be posting on our channels uh, over the weekend. We're going to take a break and then come back and review the game that we've just watched, uh, Lions versus Brisbane Strikers and the other NPL action here tonight. This is Brisbane Football Review.
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Brisbane Football Review. It's segment four of our on-location special here on Tuesday night. We've just watched uh, Brisbane uh, strikers go down to Lions at Lions Stadium. Finished 4-0. It was a double from Chris Hatfield in the first half as well as... Well, another clean sheet for Lions. Yep, uh, Nathan Shepard uh, scored from the slot in 36 minutes. And... Um, Some of the players walked below us. <laughs> and the fourth goal went to... Tommy Gerrard. Tommy, Tommy Gerrard in stoppage time. That's why... Really good header from a corner. Yeah, so we've been multitasking here tonight. Yeah. We've had a few... This is also doubling as our... Um, I suppose, regular NPL post-game show, which is why we've got the weekend host, Scott, with us. Yep. And you're just keeping track of the final couple of minutes I am. Just, out at Logan. It's I can tell you, it's people probably seen this by now, it's been a 4-2 win for Morton Bay United over Brisbane Raw. A couple of goals for Chomarop, an own goal, and a Riley Campbell goal have cancelled out a couple of goals from Bryce Bafford and Harry Talbot. So yes, Not a great result for the Brisbane Raw youth, but Morton Bay are back on track. Yep, yeah, three, and three losses in a row for them now yeah. after after a good start yeah. to the season. So I think we, they might be getting into that yeah. sort of that slide period. Yeah. Unfortunately, can yeah. also tell you for our MPLW fans that update score after 72 minutes. It's Capalabar two, South United one, which is actually quite a big result for Capalabar if they can actually hold on to that for the last 20 minutes. Given the fact that South is such a strong side, if they can hold that. Ah, local oh, football, how yeah. can you not love it? Yeah. This is, of course, you know, in place of our regular segment four because, yes. well, there's no A-League to come around this weekend because it's an international break. So remember when everyone was complaining about the uh, fixture congestion in January? That's because you wanted international breaks. <laughs> it would be really good if we had some sort of national team event to soccer is this week, a training camp or something, but... Well, the manager's busy yeah. with the under-23, exactly. so... Anyway, um, after the game, I spoke to Warren Moon and uh, this is what he had to say. All right, joining us now, Warren Moon. Warren, congratulations on another win. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. It, was, uh, it wasn't necessarily our best performance, but we uh, we were good enough to get the job done. And uh, four goals, clean sheet. You can't, can't be too disappointed with that. Especially considering a bit of disruption around the game. Obviously, it was originally Saturday and then tonight at Perry Park and then it had to be rescheduled here. Did that impact your preparation for this at all? Not really. I think, um, look, I, I just think we have to find ways to get these games played when there's rain in Brisbane. Uh, everyone trains on the Tuesday night and I think it, that wouldn't have disrupted us. We would have been training regardless. Same with the Brisbane Strikers. So the next part was just finding a venue and their pitch wasn't quite ready to play with the rain, but ours was. So I think uh, credit to the Strikers to, to allow the fixture to happen and credit to Football Queensland for making it happen. And in the end, we got a game and there's no backlog now for June, July when you're sort of in that busy part of the season. And as you mentioned before, a clean sheet, uh, another one actually. How good is that uh, for you guys being able to be so solid defensively? Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, we pride ourselves in our defence. Uh, and whilst we kept the clean sheet tonight, we did some really good stuff. Um, you know, there's still things we can work on. We gave up a couple of chances just by sloppiness. But, uh, you know, I can't be too unhappy with that. We Another clean sheet. That's uh, fourth in the row, I think. So it's uh, Or fifth in the row, so it's pleasing. And you had, you're getting a lot of contributions goal-scoring-wise from all over the pitch. Obviously, you had seven against Brisbane City, three different goal scorers, four goals tonight. How, you know, I suppose rewarding is that for you as a coach? Yeah, it's good. We... we we want more firepower on our side this year. We've got players that can do it. Chris was excellent tonight and he found the net. And, you know, we've got players that can score from many different positions and um, it's always pleasing. And, you know, right now it's not happening for Marek. He's trying hard, but, uh, you know, so when you throw him into the mix, he'll start scoring and then, uh, you know, we'll be a threat in, in, in most parts of the pitch. And just on Marek as well, is he trying to play a bit more of a playmaker role, trying to set up some of his teammates while he's uh, having his struggles? 
Look, Marek just has to do his job that we ask and contribute, um, which he's doing. He's working hard for the team. Um, I wouldn't say that's a, a role that he's been given. I think he is uh, working very, very hard to score. It's not quite happening for him at the moment. Um, but we know he's a quality player and, and, and uh, it'll turn for him. All right, and I uh, just wanted to check in also. Andy Thompson had to come off in the first half. Yeah, a bit worrying. We're not sure yet. He uh, dizziness and uh, couldn't couldn't see clearly. So I think he's off to the hospital actually now to uh, see what's wrong with him. So that was a bit of a shame because he's pretty important to us. So, uh, But we didn't miss a beat when Shep went to left back and Josh went to the right. So we've got players that can cover. But, yeah, obviously, hopefully he's, uh, he's all right and there's no issues with him. And now, obviously, you've got a quick turnaround Saturday night against Brisbane Roy. Looking forward to that? Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. It's always good games against Brisbane Roy youth. So, uh, hopefully, it's uh, another good game. There will be a good football team. We know that. They'll try and play, and uh, so will we. So, it should be a good spectacle on Saturday night. Excellent. Warren, thank you very much for your time, and uh, good luck next weekend. Cheers, mate. Thanks. All right, that was Warren Moon there. And, yeah, obviously happy with that. Another clean sheet. And I suppose preparation for this wouldn't have been ideal, as we spoke to him about there where, you know, you had the game rained out Saturday, then it was supposed to be at Perry Park, and then it was moved here. So do you think that had any impact on the game, Scott? I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I mean, both sides got here pretty late, and when we got here, about now and a half before kickoff, the field was still being set up. So I, don't, I do think this was a very much a last-minute thing. But with the MPL draw this season and 30 rounds, there's not much time in between games. You have to, you have to play as soon as you can to the scheduled date because there's not many catch-up weekends at all to do it. And... It did seem that way. The players did start slowly. They grew into the game quite well, but it, it was noticeable that it was very much a last-minute thing. And it was like quite a good job getting everything set up here at Lions as well. Oh, yeah, look, that's... Um, yeah, like I said, when we arrived uh, here, like I said, the, the goalposts are still down. They're still marking the line. So, incredible job from the Lions uh, ground staff to actually get this place ready because from what we're hearing, this decision was only made at lunchtime today. So... So, yeah, look, um, but as far as, you know, effective performance, I actually think that it may have knocked around strikers yeah. more than it did uh, Lions. Look, Lions, at the end of the day, they're being gifted the home being home field. Um, they, they've put on pretty, pretty much a professional clinic, where I think strikers, they seem to be a bit yeah. you know, off tonight. And that, point, that might, and that might be more, it might affect them yeah. more than it would have Lions. And strikers yeah. were obviously uh, quite undermanned. They had yeah. a few players missing through injuries and suspensions yeah. and whatnot. It's, so. it's a good point, Adam makes because for Lions, it's a, probably a training night for them. If there wasn't yeah. a game time, they uh, probably Warren would have had a train, training session tonight. Yeah. So if for them, it's business as usual almost in a lot of ways. Yeah, So, and I'm guessing, you know, with the way that team's set up, they would be training at near or close to game intensity anyway. Yeah, you would imagine so. Uh, yeah. And what I'm noticing as well, I, I mentioned this to Warren, they're getting a lot of contributions from all over the pitch in terms of goals. So Marek Mardley, not quite, you know, clicking just yet, although, let, let's be honest, I don't think anyone's going to want to face him when he does click. But... What's he on, like, five or six goals for the year or something now? Yeah. I mean, he's having a slow start. He's still right near the top of the golden boot standings. Exactly. <laughs> but it's also good to see, uh, for the Lions' point of view, Chris Hatfield also, you know, scoring some goals. He's their sort of biggest sort of attacking signing from um, Southwest Queensland Thunder. And, boy, would they need they need someone like him at the moment. But he's here scoring goals for Lions. So it would justify his move down, down the range uh, to the champions. Yeah, so... It was a bit of a lazy night, I suppose, for Luke Borry, and he didn't have a whole lot to do overall, really. He had I think. that one really big save in the second half. Mm. But even then... A just, of, yeah. really good double save, if you haven't seen it on the live stream. It's a fantastic save. And just to keep and just to keep that as well, um, he obviously made that save when it was 3-0, and that obviously stopped strikers getting yeah. any sort of foothold yeah. back in the game. Yeah, no, strikers were actually... I think that was probably that, that period of time... Um, it was around about 70 minutes yeah. where they were, start, they were starting to creep back into it. I think the Lions may have sort of shut off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that, that double save from Boreen, that, that pretty much killed off all the momentum. And from there, it was pretty much one-way traffic. 
Yeah, so Lions, I think they're keeping on going. Now, how many clean sheets is that in a row? Because City was their last game, yeah? It just it feels like, like ages ago because <laughs> it was a week and a half. I think it's at least three. Yeah. They are they are five five straight wins. So after after their defeats um, on opening day, yeah, on opening day here. Um, so they're they're fine their their feet now as far as form goes. Now they'll probably I haven't seen the ladder, but they'll probably put them into the top four at least for tonight. It does put them in the top four. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah so they so were just outside with two games in hand, and now they've played one of those games. So they'll jump into the top four in place of Gold Coast United. And that's the thing. Also, I suppose just like thinking on the fly here for Lions is. They've got a lot of home games early on as well because they would have played Penn Power here, they played City, they played Strikers, and I'm fairly certain there's been a home game that I haven't actually been to yet this season. I'm not sure, but I can tell you that they haven't conceded a goal since round one. Yep, there you so go. So that game has been still power. Since then, they've been obviously won, won all their games, and yeah. And I'm pretty sure they've had a buy in there as well. Yeah, so. they have. And, yeah. and look, and that that's that stat doesn't surprise me. This yeah. is the same back four that was a championship mm-hmm. one that only conceded 11 goals last season, and it looks like they're well on track. The the back four of you know Andy Thompson, um, Matthias Simic, uh, Tommy Gerrard, and Josh Brindle South. And they actually also had to do the um, do a quick change, obviously, when Andy Thompson went off with dizziness as well, because mm. that's something that I think they're going to have to probably monitor as yeah. well. And playing in such yeah. Humidity as well. That's no, not easy for any player. Sorry, I was going to say Lions are up to second now, by the way. Okay, there we go. So. Yeah, so obviously, you know, well wishes to Andy Thompson as he gets the dizziness checked out. and fingers Really cro- good right back, actually. Yes. One of the better, better players in the NPL up here for mine. And one of the best set-piece deliverers as well. Absolutely. And yeah, he's, um, yeah, it was a bit of a loss, but then obviously they were able to make their changes and still mm. keep, keep plowing on. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's the one thing also about this line size. They can actually, a lot of, you know, utility players, you know, you'd see Nathan Shepard, I think he was the one that dropped back into that. He into dropped that, into left back, and then they put Josh Brindle south, south over the right. right. And also you have Nathan Ridden, who also came came on late, who is another utility. So it's yeah. all bases covered for Lions. So look, I think as far as their total defence goes, they might be yeah. trying to power at the moment. But, you know, I think at, at the moment, I think their defence, you know, they'd yeah. be right on where they want to be. That sort of versatility has always been a big part of their game as well. You think about players like Chris Marr, et cetera, last year as well. They were able to fill in a lot of roles for them. Even guys like Slawsno, Glockner, McQuarrie, they filled in different roles in that front third of the pitch. So they've always had players who can fill in different areas. It's a big part of their, what they have because they've, they've got a lot of talent, but the depth can drop away quickly if you get injuries. So having some versatility in their squad makes it work for them. And that's also where those off-season signings will come in very handy. Yeah. I did also just want to mention the, the name you said before, Chris Marr. Mm-hmm. Not a happy homecoming, uh, captaining strikers tonight. And, no, it uh, wasn't. I think he... Uh, well, he's still as angry as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a tough night for strikers tonight, I think. Um, and yeah, they, they've, they're now uh, winless in four. So sort of, their struggles sort of continue where we would have hoped. Um, that they, they sort of would start making progressions, but they've also had a fairly tough run, yeah. I think, lately. So mm-hmm. they, they'll, they'll get back into the draw, part of the draw, where you now they'll play some... some Confidence you know, boosters. Yeah, yeah, some, some weaker sides. I think they'll start turning around, but four, four winless now. Yes, all right. Now, we're going to look ahead to this Saturday night, because, well, we've got to preview something here in this yes, segment. Yes, yes. Uh, we've got uh, Saturday night... There'll be a Brisbane Raw game, too. Yeah. yeah, there will... Yeah, well, no A-League, so there will be a Brisbane Raw youth game here actually Saturday I'm guessing around about 7pm yes. 7 so Lions Brisbane Royal Youth then you've also got Southwest Queensland against Redlands that'll be the early afternoon kickoff mm-hmm. Penn Power versus Magpies Crusaders Morton Bay against Gold Coast Knights and then you've also got East against Brisbane Strikers so that actually mm-hmm. suddenly is going to look like a very very intriguing game East versus yeah. Brisbane Strikers it should be very actually two, two teams who've um, 
had a bit of a tough start to the season. He's picked up a late winner against Brisbane City at the weekend, and been, I believe they're just getting back some of their players from that. Remember that game against Peninsula Power where they had two players sent off and they got long suspensions? I'm pretty sure they're only just getting back now. So Yeah, Jaden Ballarezzo and yeah, Jordan Farina. We might just start to see the best of East in the next few weeks now they've got their full team up and running. As long as they don't get suspended again. An, an interesting game as well, if we're talking about other games other than the obvious, um, Morton Bay versus Gold Coast Knights at Walter Park on Saturday night. Um, uh, morale boosting win for Morton Bay over over Brisbane Raw and um, and Gold Coast Knights who yeah. who have not won in two games um, they'll be looking to find some form as well so that could be very very intriguing at a tough place at Walter yeah. Park well I want to talk about the two Gold Coast teams actually and how well they're going to bounce back from their derby yeah. from their derby so Gold Coast is going all the way up to Morton Bay mm-hmm. and Gold Coast United are hosting Olympic on Sunday and yeah. Sunshine Coast is hosting Western that's Pride. the game I was just about to mention the Gold Coast United and Olympic because that's the game to keep mm. an eye on because Gold Coast United have been in some pretty good form picking up some good results against some of the top teams. And now they're running into Olympic FC at home. Olympic, who are just obviously been beaten 5-1 at, at the weekend, they will be very much looking forward to bouncing back. And I, I expect that they will bounce back to some degree. I don't expect this to be a continual trend for them. Definitely not. All right. Well, I think that's going to just about do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Any um, comments, questions, send them in brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, uh, Raw Review. We're still working on changing that. It's a very long story. Twitter at BNE Football, and you can always rate the podcast on iTunes or Wooshka or Spotify or one of the other ones that we're in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be it. Uh, thanks to Lions for putting us up on the fly tonight, yep. and yep. it was a very good night of uh, football here. Scott, Adam? Yeah, thank you. you for Tuesday then. night. So get out and watch the games at the weekend with no Brisbane Roar in action. I mean, that was my line. They're playing. <laughs> they're playing here at Lions on Saturday. So if you weekend want to see a Brisbane Roar team playing on the weekend. And Scott's just playing a video yeah, in the background. Uh, no, it's just gone off. It's because um, Capable's gone three-one over the South. But anyway, there we go. If, yeah. if you want to see the Brisbane Roar players, we can head out to Lions. If not, head out to your local club. Yeah, there's definitely. Plenty of good games on. FF. FFA Cup qualifies. You've also got a couple of other ones as well. So enjoy the football this weekend. I'm hoping it's going to be drier than last weekend. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so make the most of it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next uh, next Wednesday, probably, to talk about all things football here in southeast Queensland. It's been the Brisbane Football Review.